The best heather ale ever made no longer exists. The recipe is long gone, although it is not for the want of trying to get hold of it. Near Loch Watanen in Caithness, the very best heather ale in the whole of Scotland was produced for a time. It was made by a father and son near Gary Wynn. Soon they came to realise how popular their brew was and managed to make a fair amount of money from selling it locally. Many people thought it was the best in the country and word soon spread. However, people were puzzled by the fact that the men grew no barley, but they insisted they made it from the heather that covered the hillside to a secret recipe. Some of the locals tried to emulate the ale, but with little success, and soon the father and son were being asked for it. So one day, a group of farmers decided to take matters into their own hands and captured the father and son. They told the two men that if they didn't give up the secret recipe, they would kill them. The old man was wise and told them that if they killed him, they would never know the recipe. He told them, If I tell you, my son will kill me, so kill him and I'll think about it. The men conferred and decided this would be their course of action. They took the son out and killed him. They then went back to the old man and demanded to know the secret so they could make their fortunes. No, you'll have to kill me too, replied the old man boldly. So they did. Once they had done so, they soon realised that now they would never know the secret of making the heather ale. For many years afterwards, men looked all over for the secret still which was said to be in a cave in the hills, but to this day, no one has ever found it. At an old house on the outskirts of the village of Ardguy, there lived a woman who witnessed the haunting of her house. A kettle was lifted off her fire and she heard the clattering of pots and pans in her kitchen. She was so frightened that she called for the local minister. When he arrived, a shower of stones fell on him, out of thin air. Turnips and potatoes were also thrown at him and his cart, but all seemed to miss. Neither he nor the woman could see anyone. He went inside the house, armed with his Bible, ready to rid the property of the unseen presence. He offered to stay the night, so she readied a bed for him. At midnight, the door to the bedroom burst open. Wakened with a start, he ran downstairs to get his Bible, returned to the room and locked the door. As he readied to get back into bed, he glanced in the dressing table mirror and it was then he caught sight of the apparition of a woman dressed in black. When he turned to see her, he was completely alone, yet was acutely aware of footsteps getting closer to him. He offered up a prayer, asking for the spirit to leave the house. 
immediately the sound of footsteps stopped and it has never been seen again. It later transpired that a maid suffocated her infant son in a drawer in the room some 80 years before. At Dornoch there is a sandbank known as Gizen Briggs. It is a dangerous part of the mouth of the Dornoch Firth and navigation skills can be put to the test. When the tide comes in, it rushes over it, making a loud noise, hence the local name. The story goes that fairies were tired of crossing from Rosher to Sutherland in their cockle shell boats, so decided to build a bridge of gold. When it was half finished, a local man happened to be passing by when he saw it and was in awe of its magnificence. He shouted, God bless the workmen. At this point, the fairies, not wishing to be seen, jumped into the sea and never returned to complete their bridge. Thanks to the tides, it was soon covered with sand. But it is said that if you dig deep enough, you'll find the golden bridge beneath. In a cave at Chapel Geo at Dwarick Head in Caithness, there once lived a mermaid who had fallen in love with a mortal. During the long summer months, in the long light evenings, the couple would meet and she would give him presents made of gold and silver and presented him with precious jewels which she found during her adventures. For a long time, the mermaid was happy. But it happened one day, when she was out for a swim, she spotted her lover with another lady walking along the beach. On the lady's neck was a beautiful gold necklace, which the mermaid had given him. She was furious, but hid by diving below the waves so that she would not be seen by him, nor by the lady. That evening, the man came to the cave where he met her as usual. He suspected nothing, but she was about to get her revenge. She told him there was a small inner cave where she kept all the treasures she had found from wrecked ships in the Pentland Firth and asked him if he would like to go and see it. Of course, he said yes and was excited by the prospect of all the gold and precious stones so he followed her deep into the cave. When he saw the treasure, he could hardly believe his eyes. There were gold and silver coins, pearls, silver cups and rubies and diamonds which sparkled. He was excited by the treasure and knew that soon it would all be his as long as he kept meeting the pretty mermaid. Suddenly the mermaid began to sing. The melody was beautiful and soon the young man fell asleep next to the treasure. When she was sure nothing would waken him, the mermaid wrapped some heavy gold chains around him until he was tightly bound and began to laugh. Never again would he betray her. 
It is said that the man still lies in the cave, still bound and still wondering when the beautiful mermaid will come back to untie him. Aldeglaven River runs into Lochrangag, and it was near here that a strange occurrence happened. A long time ago, there used to be a mill with a water wheel, which was powered by the river, and the miller worked long and hard to make his living. Now it happened that nearby lived a family of water goblins, and the youngest one went to the miller's house, where he would spend all day sitting by the fire, allowing no one else near it. As time went on, the miller became more and more sad that he could not spend time with his family alone, for the water goblin was always there. But he was too afraid of telling the goblin to leave and knew that the other goblins would be none too happy with him for throwing out one of their own. So, as he worked, he thought up a plan, and he was sure that at last he would get rid of the menace. When the miller returned home from work, instead of ignoring the goblin, he spoke to him. He asked the goblin about his family, where they lived and what they did. Then the miller asked the goblin what his name was. In return, the goblin asked the miller and he replied, myself. When the conversation ended, the miller disappeared and the goblin still sat by the fire, warming his feet. When the miller returned, he had a pot of boiling water. As he approached the goblin, he accidentally dropped the pan of water onto the goblin's legs. The goblin jumped up and ran screaming from the house. The pain in his burning legs was unbearable. His mother came out of the house to see what was happening and when she saw her son was horrified. Who did this to you? she asked. I will make them suffer for this. The young goblin hopped about and answered, It was myself, it was myself. The miller never had any more problems with the goblin. In fact, he never saw or heard of him again. Surrounding Galsby are many smaller parishes and hamlets, and it was from one of these small places that there once lived a boy who smoked and drank whiskey. His friends had spoken to him about it, but he was determined to carry on doing what he wanted to do. So one day, they came up with a plan that two of them would each dress up in a white sheet and chains to frighten the boy. So one day as the boy was returning home, the two boys waited until they could hear his footsteps, then jumped out in front of him in their ghostly outfits, rattling their chains. The boy really did think they were ghosts, and prayed to God for protection from them and promised to never again smoke or drink as long as the ghosts didn't harm him. The ghosts went away 
but promised to return should the boy fall back into his evil ways. The ghosts quickly discarded their outfits and told their friends about the incident. They were pleased with the outcome and the boy never did smoke or drink again. In August 1803, the Reverend Thomas Mackay of Laird died. During his life, he had always worn his full robes. Many years later, two girls were sitting in the dining room of the manse when they heard footsteps coming to the door. However, no one entered the room, so they went to see who was there. In front of them stood an old man. He was thin and wore black clothes with knee breeches and buckles, black silk stockings and shiny shoes with buckles on them. He was immaculate. He looked into the room and, deciding it was fine, turned round and walked out, leaving the girls wondering who the old gentleman was. Perplexed, one of the girls ran upstairs to tell the minister, who was in the manse at the time, about what had happened. The minister thanked the girl and hurried down the stairs to look for the visiting minister, but he was nowhere to be found. He ran out into the grounds and looked out over the vistas, but nowhere was there a minister dressed as the girl had told him. Later the girl spoke to the old people of the village and they all recognised the Reverend Thomas Mackay, from their descriptions. Around 10, maybe 12 years later, the granddaughters of the esteemed Minister Mackay came to live in the parish. One of the girls who had seen him, who was now a grown woman, recognised the girls as being like their grandfather. Oh, how like your grandfather you are, she told them. They replied, so the old people tell us, but how can you know that? For he died before you were born. The young woman realised that what she had seen at the manse that day had been an apparition. <laughs>